Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are delivering on something you guys asked for. Back in July on the third anniversary of Primal Potential, I asked for your feedback on fun things we could do to help you reach your goals in the upcoming year. And a couple of people suggested that I be interviewed, that the tables be turned and you guys be free to ask questions. So I gave my master's club the honor of coming up with the questions. And one of my master's club clients, Bill, you've heard his story on the podcast, he stepped up for the task of interviewing me. And it was a very, very long interview. Master's club got the full version, but I am sharing with you some of the best parts of our conversation that are really, I think, the ones that have the most potential to help you. And in fact, when Bill and I started chatting before we hit record, he said, you know, some of the questions that the folks in the Masters Club came up with, I don't feel comfortable asking. And I said, like what? And one of them was about, is there anything about my body that I have just had to come to terms with because it's not going to change. What is that and how do I deal with it? And I said, you know what, Bill? I want you to ask that question because I think it's a really, really important one from a perspective standpoint. We also talk about some things related to my experience with clients and what is hard and what is easy. But also we talked about some parts of my journey that I had forgotten about until questioned. One person asked how long it's taken me to get to the place where I eat the way I eat now. And I shared about how starting out, not right out of the gate, but a few months into fat loss, it was actually easier for me to make no excuses and have no exceptions than it was to find the place of moderation. I had to go through a period for myself of extreme consistency to know what it felt like. I had never done that before and also to eliminate a lot of the negotiation and decision making. Should I have this? Should I not? And we just get into some real deep and real conversation that I think will be valuable to you guys as you figure out your best path, whatever your goal is, whether it's fat loss, whether it's maintenance, whether it's improving your relationship with your body or your relationship with food or all of the above. So I think you're going to enjoy it. I will apologize ahead of time for some of the audio um 
levels. Sometimes Bill is a little louder and I'm a little quieter. Sometimes I'm a little quieter and Bill's a little bit louder. But, you know, we do the best we can and I'm sure that you guys will be able to focus on the message and not the little nitty gritty things because we all have volume controls, which is a beautiful thing. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with Bill. Big shout out to him. He has an incredible success story that he has shared on the podcast. Shout out to all my Masters Club folks for sharing their questions. And if you guys have questions that we didn't talk about, feel free to head over to the show notes on primalpotential.com. Put them in the comments. I promise I will answer them. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. We're going to dive right into Bill, starting with some questions. So before we do the Elizabeth Benton deep dive, let's talk primal. Sure. Um, you know, we all know the story of leaving the, the supplement industry to found Primal, mm-hmm. but is there a aha moment you can point to where you thought, this is what I have to do? Really, truly, it was long, 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 long before it happened. Like I was a kid. And I think I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, but the central theme of my childhood and adolescence was my weight. Uh, and it was the central theme because... I was very depressed about it. I was constantly focused on it. And everybody that lived in my house was also constantly focused on it. And my mom always had me on one diet or another. I had to check my weight in front of my mom every single morning for years and years and years. And I just wanted to overcome that deep down in my bones. And I very, very vividly remember... It was a house I grew up on on Main Street. I only lived in two houses growing up. And I was sitting on my bed before the start of a new school year with my mom and my aunt. And I was devastated that my school uniform didn't fit. And I was going back to volleyball tryouts again, overweight. And I said, one day I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to help other people. And so that was just always in my head. And then once, once I got to the place of clarity of like, this is no longer my burden, this is something that I control, not something that controls me, I knew that I needed to share that. And fortunately, working in the supplement industry, I could to an extent because most of our products were about you know health and weight loss. But it was very, very clear that that wasn't the answer for me, that company, because I had a conflict of interest. I didn't use those products while I was losing weight. And so really the only option was to leave. And and it just sort of came together. I, I had worked really hard to pay off our debt at that point in time. So it made sense to take the risk at that time. Um, in terms of my journey, it made sense. And I wasn't loving my job. I mean, I was good at it and there were parts of it that I loved, but that's sort of when it all kind of came together. Is there anything about or that comes out of the primal potential community that surprises you? Well, I'm going to take this two different ways. I'm going to go with a positive surprise and a negative surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, the positive surprise to me is how quickly people can find belief in themselves and real change. I'm just always amazed by how fast that can happen when you embrace consistency because consistency is like the piece that a lot of people are missing. And it's because they choose approaches that aren't sustainable or they have a lot of negativity or their mindset's in the wrong place. They're not focused on their why, et cetera. But 
I am every day excited by and surprised by how quickly people create breakthroughs when they are consistent. And I think that's awesome. On the flip side, I'm also really surprised by how few people actually follow the process and do the work. Like people will show up and try in their way, even though their way hasn't worked for them for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? But it's their way, as opposed to saying, I'm going to put my way on the shelf and I'm really going to do this, like actually do the things and follow the steps and trust the process. Uh, How few people are willing to do that surprises me. Yeah, that's that's one that I relate to all too easily. And I know but from the, all the things you've taught us and where we've heard elsewhere, we can only do ourselves. We yep. can't do somebody else. Yep. But when I see somebody struggling and I know how well this works, yeah. I I share it, but I don't push it. Right. But inside of me, I want to push it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one of the hardest this, things man. for me, one of the hardest things for me is when I have to say to somebody, you're not ready. Like you're here and I've told you the same thing 14 times now and you're not doing it. It's right there for you, but you're not choosing it and you're not going to. I don't need to say it again. I don't need to give you the same answer again. It's there waiting for you when you're ready to pick it up and use it. But there's a lot of surrendering ego that has to happen for that to happen. And not everybody's there and that's okay. I wasn't there for a really freaking long time, but I also didn't have a process that was different from anything I had tried before, you know? Um, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. And when I see people who, once they really do say, okay, I'm not going to do it my way. I am going to trust the process. And by my way, I mean the way that hasn't worked for me in the past, not paying attention to what works for you. But I mean, I'm not going to keep clinging to the old mindsets and the old behaviors and the old consistency. It's 12 weeks and it's not this big drastic change. It's one challenge a week, one focus week for 12 weeks. I'm really going to give it to myself. You know, not everybody's ready to do that. And, and I get it, but it, it's a, it's a struggle for me because it makes me sad because I know how quickly things would get easier for them if they would just trust the process. And that's part of what that I and the rest of us in the community really appreciate about you is that's not a made up answer. That's, I feel the sadness. I feel the sincerity in that because I feel it myself when I look at these folks and I know they're not happy. Yeah. Um, and there's a way out, but you're right. They've got to be ready to take those steps. Yeah. And I, and I was just Um, writing today's blog about it. The roomy quote, why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? And to yeah. see somebody behind this wall that they've created and you're like, look, put your hand here, put your foot here, and you're free. And they, and they just stand there and they tell you why they can't and why it's hard. And you're like, yes, you can. Put your hand here and your foot here and you're free. And they're like, yeah, but, but my job, but my this, put your hand here, put your foot here, and you're free. And they don't. And it just, it, it's something that I have to continue to work on. Being emotionally attached to the extent that I'm really engaged and I really care, but not being so emotionally attached where I let it frustrate me that I can't do the work for somebody. Right. Um, Next up is a question my mom would scold me for if she heard me asking you this. Um, (laughs) 
but have, <laughs> yeah, be ready, Elizabeth. Ready. <laughs> have there been any hard realities you've had to accept about your body that remain no matter how much you work out or change what you eat? And if there are, how do you handle it? I really believe very strongly that with the exception of like height and the length of my legs, I can change basically anything about my body if I'm willing to do the work. When I hear people say, oh, such and such, I just have to accept it, it's the way I was built, the reality is if you are willing to put 150% effort into it, there's very little you can't change about your body. Like I said, nobody's growing taller, you know, at, at, at my age anyway, um, and a lot of people get to the point where they're just getting shorter, but in terms of like my legs, you know, I talk about the fact that, I've, that I have like big, strong, muscular legs. Realistically, if I didn't want big, strong, muscular legs, I would stop training them and I would eat a lot less and like I could make my muscle atrophy if it mattered that much to me, but I choose not to, right? So fundamentally, I believe that if I want to change something significantly enough, I can. With that said, I also spend a lot of energy really just loving and being grateful for what I have. I was watching CrossFit games this past weekend and they have the adaptive athletes, what they call them, competing. So they have like a regular CrossFit athletes, they have the masters, they have the teens, uh, and then they have the adaptive athletes. And these are people who are, you know, paraplegics or they, you know, have all sorts of different physical limitations and they're throwing around barbells and doing all sorts of things. And I'm just like, there is absolutely nothing in my body that I have to complain about. And I really think that a huge part of why I've been able to be so consistent with the ups and downs of life and thyroid issues and divorce and the stresses of, of starting and running a business by myself, um, a big part of the reason I've been able to stay so consistent is because I don't waste an ounce of energy on, oh my gosh, my legs are big or, oh my gosh, I, you know, my arms are this, or, like if I don't like it, I can change it. And if I can't change it, I'm damn quick going to change my attitude about it. Bravo. Good message to all of us. I'm just going to read this one the way it was written down. I would also like to know what an ultimate dream would be for Elizabeth, body-wise, career-wise, experience-wise. Oh, um, this is the most true answer I can give you to that. My ultimate dream is to be supremely happy with what I have on any given day. I think we dramatically overcomplicate what happiness is and feels like and should look like and should be. And what I know for sure is that I have everything I need right now to be wildly happy. And if I ever don't feel wildly happy, I live in America. I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I have, you know, 10 fingers and 10 toes and people who love me and a, and a passion and a purpose in my life. If that isn't enough to be wildly happy. So my pursuit is to always be working towards a reminder that everything I could ever hope for or want, I have today. And I can also create right? I find so much joy in the realization that I can create whatever it is that I want for my life. And so 
My ultimate goal is for that to be more of a standard operating procedure than it is a pursuit. Um, and right now it's, it's a pursuit. It's something I work on. There are definitely moments where I feel frustrated or down or not good enough. Um, but I can more quickly come to that place of like, happiness is very, very simple and it is by and large a choice and it doesn't require a certain amount of money in the bank and it doesn't require a vacation at such and such interval it really is about appreciation and fully being present, making the most of the moment and letting go of the little things that make us unhappy because they're really nothing to be unhappy about. Um, so my, my goal is for that to really be the way I live as opposed to the way that I try to live. Um, from a body standpoint, I want to be an incredible athlete. For the longest time... My weight loss was about my weight not being good enough and I wasn't small enough and I still had body fat on me and it wasn't okay. And now the pursuit is like, I just want to be an incredible athlete. And the reason I want to be an incredible athlete is because I get a ton of joy from training. Um, it's fun for me. It's exciting for me. It makes me feel capable and strong and it gives me energy and so it's really not for anybody but me. I just want to be a damn good athlete. And I try to eat in a way that makes me a better athlete. And I try to sleep in a way that makes me a better athlete. And I try to train in a way that makes me a better athlete. For the listeners out there on this, Elizabeth, if, for those that struggle with what to put into their what I want most category on their journal, hmm. hit rewind and listen to that again. Because, <laughs> boy, you just nailed it. Well, you just you. nailed it. I've given it a lot of thought because I'll be honest, one of the biggest criticisms that I have received, not from like podcast people, but from people in my own life, is that I'm a goal mover. And what that means is I say, I, you know, once I have this, everything will be better. And then I get there and then I chuck it down the field. And I'm like, no, 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 just a little bit further, right? With with money, with body composition, with business, with whatever. And I've realized there are good things and there are bad things about that. For me, the joy is in the pursuit. I don't attach my joy to this end point and then feel perpetually frustrated that I'm not there yet because that's just a recipe for insanity. But the joy in the pursuit just means showing up every day and giving it hell, right? And, and I don't find joy in making excuses. And I don't find joy in feeling crappy about myself. But I also don't find joy in being like, gosh, wouldn't it be great if I was just like one size smaller? What can I do today to make today amazing? And I have a damn good life and I have everything I need and more. And a huge part of happiness and success for me is in just appreciating that every day and really savoring it and, and being here for it, not always being mentally someplace else. Awesome. <laughs> Elizabeth, I just love you. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally know that some of these answers seem like cop-out answers, you know? No. It's, like, it's honestly my, it's, it's just my, I've given a lot of thought to that happiness. Like, is it a relationship? Is it money? Is it a certain step? Like, no. I have everything I need right now to be wildly happy. And the only reason I'm not wildly happy at times is because of my perspective on things. 
Yeah. These are chapters in that book you're going to write. Right? Right? I know. You're helping me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this question you've kind of partially answered, but I want to go back into it because there's a follow-up attached. I'd like to know um, where Elizabeth feels she struggles or has to focus more and how she stays on track during those times or recovers if things don't go as planned. I would say that I struggle the most, and, and it's funny that we're having this conversation, we're recording this conversation on the day that the dating podcast dropped. That <laughs> transition, that transition to being more social was really hard for me because being married, I wasn't very social. And then, of course, being separated and divorcing and moving and not having a social network up here, I wasn't very social. And so I was a little bit like in a bubble. Um, and I very much controlled the situations when I did go out and transitioning to, you know, going out to dinner more often or, you know, going out to a bar to watch football games or whatever it was, I, that was really hard for me. And it was, okay, where is this balance between be present and enjoy the moment and also feel really great, right? Once I realized that the answer wasn't like, how do I balance indulging with fat loss? And the answer was, how do I just make sure I feel really great? It got a lot easier. It got a lot easier. And I had to identify trade-offs. For example, you know, having Halo Top ice cream during the week wasn't as important or didn't need to be a part of the week when I would rather have a drink on the weekend being more social, right? Or share a dessert on the weekend after a dinner out or things like that. Um, But figuring that out was tough because it was new to me. And just like starting a new job or, you know, moving, all of those changes are tough. And, and, And that's the nature of the journey that there are just ups and downs. And And so I would say it's something I still have to be very intentional about. Like I gave the example of tonight. I'm going out of town to watch the Patriots preseason game at a bar. I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to order food at the bar. And I totally could. I could go and get water and order a salad or I could go and have a cocktail and that would be totally fine. But what would make me feel my best is to eat a meal that I really love and know is worth it instead of like average bar food and feel really proud of myself. So I'm bringing my food, which I don't do very often. But for today, what would make me feel my best? That's the answer. So that's something I still have to give a lot of attention to because it's easy to be like, oh, you know, it's summer, we're at the beach. But when I come back to, all right, all right, let's not get crazy. What's going to make me feel my best? That is my true north. And that's never subjective. Okay. And is this going to be in a Tom Brady jersey and Patriots cap? (laughs) Um, I have a Patriots (laughs) t-shirt on right now and it has 12 on the sleeve, but it is not officially a Tom Brady jersey. You know, I don't have a jersey. I need to get a jersey before football season like really, really starts. Absolutely. I know. But I will probably wear my (laughs) Patriots hat. I think it's in my car. I'd like to know how long it took Elizabeth to eat the way she does now. Um, I'm nine months in the process and still feel like I struggle sometimes with the want of eating this way. So for me, 
I would say what happened for me was within about four months of sort of my start, I was more of a purist then than I am now. It was because, so I, so I, so technically, I guess I would, I would say I've regressed if you want to look at it that way. I'm more liberal about what I eat and when I indulge now than I was then. And that's because then I didn't want to play with moderation. I didn't want to play with temptation and indulging. It wasn't smart for me. And I also felt very, very strongly like, dude, you've indulged every day for most of your life. Take a damn break. I needed to build that confidence. I needed that discipline. And that discipline really was freedom for me because it wasn't like, oh, should I? Maybe just one. It was no. And if you ask anybody that was close to me at that period of my life, I, it meant didn't have cake on my birthday. It meant packed my food to family holidays. I was very, 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 very strict for probably about a year, year and a half. Now, my goals are different, right? My, my goals are not about fat loss as fast as possible. My goals are about living forever in a body I love. I mean, not literally living forever, but, but always being in a body that I love. And it's not as much about the fat loss for me. So for those reasons, I'm, I'm I, you know, I have dairy a little bit more often. I drink more often. I mean, I probably didn't drink for a year and a half. Um, I'll have a glass of wine or I'll have a cocktail so it's tough for me to answer that because for my own ease and just eliminating the mental chatter, and I had never been consistent in my whole damn life, and I needed to experience that, I probably went a good 12 to 18 months of like hardcore, no excuses, no exceptions, no matter what. And then I was like, all right, we can, we can sort of find a more moderate pace. And, and so... I don't know if that if that helps answer that question, but that all started in in 2014. Well, it also answers a question that I just realized I got sent a couple of days ago, but it didn't make it onto this list. And it has to do with, is there a maintenance version of primal potential? And that's really what you just kind of answered. Honestly. As you achieve that steady state, right? Primal potential is all of it, right? The strategies don't change for maintenance. It's, see, well, we're paying attention to our body to see is what we're doing working for us. And working for us means is your goal fat loss? Is your goal maintenance? Is your goal putting on muscle? But the strategies are the damn same, right? That's why you never hear me say, stay away. Nope, you can't indulge. Like you've cheated. You're back to zero. Mm -mm, No, not at all. Is what I'm doing working for me? Does it make me feel amazing? And I knew that I had indulged all that I needed to. And I really needed to prove to myself that I could be consistent. And it actually made it easier for things to just be a hard no at that point in time, because the negotiation was just exhausting for me. And I needed that simplification in large part because I was working like a mad person and I had a million other things going on in my life and I needed that simplicity. But Primal Potential is not a fat loss program. Primal potential is about whatever the hell you want it to be and just being healthy in the body you're in for whatever your goal is. So none of what we talk about on primal potential is about, you know, oh, do it differently when you want to maintain. No, what you pay attention to is, is it giving me the result that I want? And you adjust accordingly. Nice. Um, Okay, last formal question here. 
what is your favorite or most rewarding part of doing Primal Potential? Seeing people find who they are versus who they've been telling themselves that they are or they thought they are or, you know, finding when people have that moment, one of my clients sent me a a framed picture of a quote from Glinda and the Wizard of Oz, the good witch that says, you know, you always had it in you. You just had to learn it for yourself. And when people have that realization of like, I don't need you, Elizabeth. Like I, I have the answers and I know how to find my own answers. And I know that I hold myself back with these bullshit stories and excuses that I don't need them anymore. That's the most rewarding part when they have their aha moment. And it's not about, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you say that and it makes sense. But like, wait, no, I just really found it in myself. That's freedom. That's the forever answer. That's rewarding doesn't even begin to describe it. It's worth every ounce of effort and then some. It's worth every ounce of struggle I ever had and then some. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.